Welcome everyone to the Side Beyond Side podcast, where we look beyond the surface, diving deeper into life's issues. I am Mike Brown, your health and wellness coach. And as always, I want to thank you all for choosing to spend some time with me, for sacrificing your time to be here with all of us, all the freshwater warriors around the globe. I thank you, thank you, thank you, because you could be doing other things or listening to someone else, but you chose to be here with us. I am also thankful that you guys are here for another round of the Foundational Man series. This is the third episode, the third edition, the third round, whatever you want to call it, of the Foundational Man series. And I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, The feedback has been positive and it has motivated me to keep going with this because it's so important, but I'll jump into that later. Let's keep the intro, the intro. All right. So with that being said, let's create some freshwater moments. You guys, I'm excited to be back. I'm excited, excited, excited. I am motivated. You know, I am so happy even though it has been a grind mentally and physically for me for the last couple of weeks. I mean, it has been a heavy weight on my shoulders, but I have found a glimmer of hope, a glimmer of happiness, a glimmer of joy through studying for these these uh, podcasts and for this, 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 this episode specifically because it means so much to me. We have been doing this Foundational Men series and it has been explosive, just how I imagined it would be. But you just never know. You never know. So I thank God that I did not put this out too premature. I waited and waited and waited until I had everything correct. Well, as correct as possible. You know, we go with the flow here a lot. We'll study. We'll do our homework. We'll be prepared. But most of this is going with the flow and being raw about the presentation. So I thank you guys for joining in. I thank you guys for being a part of it. It is so awesome. I want to let you guys know some things before we jump into the third episode of the Foundational Man series. I want to let you guys know as a certified health and wellness coach, I have been able to open up my services to everyone, anyone. I'm just... I'm not just local anymore. So I've been able to open up my services via video conferencing, and it has allowed me to open up my doors to everyone. So all you have to do is log on to beyondsitewellness.com, and it'll have all the information you need to get started, okay? We are all about action. So there's a free consultation that you can click on and you can schedule anytime that's going to work for you. You make your own schedule. Well, according to what I'm available, but you make your own schedule. You choose what's available for you and you log in and you set up your video video conferencing and we can go from there because I really, really feel that everyone deserves the help that they need. Everybody deserves the guidance that they are seeking and everybody deserves to be on their path to have their vision cleared everybody deserves to be living at their optimum levels and i know that there are levels to life i know that 
sometimes you're living life so fast and you have a strong foundation and you just need a little pick me up. You need help clearing the brush off of the path. Maybe you're looking so far ahead that you don't see the twigs and the leaves and the small barriers in front of you. I am able to help do that for you. I'm help. I'm able to help clear that brush for you. Not for you, but with you. And I also know that there are sometimes you need more of a renovation. Things have been broken up a little bit. You need to repair some things. So that's a little longer process. But we're able to come together and get you back on your path. And then there's just the whole restoration, which is a little uh, a lot longer process. But you know what? You have a guide to go through that journey with you. That is what I'm all about with the health and wellness coaching, focusing on the whole person, the mind, body, and spirit. I've always said the spirit is the most neglected part of healing. Why? Because some companies, some people don't want you to talk about it. Some people uh, are afraid of it. Some people just don't know about it. And some people don't know how to present that information. But whatever it may be, it is the most neglected and it is the most valuable, valuable part of healing. So I'm not going to sit here and prolong this and beat this up, but I'm letting you guys know that I am here for you. Uh, The free consultation is a full hour, hour plus. It's not a 15 minute, a half an hour, because we need to get down to the root of the issue. We need to get started right away. You know what I mean? (laughs) And I'm not here to waste your time and I just want to get you back on your path as quickly as possible with a solid, solid foundation, which is a perfect segue into part three of the Foundational Man series. A foundation, that's what we've been talking about. What is the foundation? Well, we've, we, let's backtrack to the beginning. In the beginning of the series, we talked about how as a kid, as a child, we are influenced right away at a young age where we're taking in so much information and we are trying to, we can't even comprehend all the information that we're taking in, but we're just saying it, we're seeing it, we're taking it in, we're repeating it, and we're applying it the best way we know how. Even though our brains are nowhere near fully developed, but that's a prime time. That's a prime time to influence us. I was influenced by cartoons at a young age on what a man should look like, what a man should be. I was influenced. We all were. And we found out that that happens at such an early age. We found out as we get older, we learn that some of these, these ideas are false and some of them are awesome to hold on to. But how do we figure this out? We have to figure this out by having a strong foundational man in our lives. And it doesn't, I mean, if you don't have a father, hopefully there's a teacher or a coach or someone, a, a uncle or a grandpa, someone 
that will help guide you. That's very, very, very important. So we went through that in the first series. Then we got even more real with the second series. We talked about what a foundational man looks like. What are the characteristics of a foundational man? And we based them off of what we know through our experiences, and we based them also off of scripture. So everything that we talked about, you can find in scripture. And man, I'm telling you, when you think about these characteristics, would you not want that man as your husband? Would you not want that type of man as your good friend? Would you not want that type of man around your children, mentoring them when you're not there? Looking after your children, being the eyes and ears for your children? That's the type of man that we, that is just desirable. But for some reason, for some reason, with everything that's going on in social media, with the news, with the way our world is thinking now, where everything is opposite, where good is bad and bad is good, it's it's all messed up and mixed up. And some of these foundational men are getting overlooked. They're getting viewed as weak. They're getting viewed as obsolete. They're not needed. And I'm telling you, that is wrong. We have some foundational men that have taken a back seat because they're discouraged. We have some foundational men that are uh, that are being remaining stagnant, you know. They feel apathetic about the situation. It's a no-win situation, so why should I fight it? It's a no-win situation, so I'm just going to sit right here on my couch. Or even worse, we have some with attitudes of, well, that's not my problem because it's not my family. But what did we learn? We learned that it is everybody's problem. Why? Because we're all in this together. And we're going to talk a little bit about what happens when you go out solo. So to recap even more, some of these characteristics of a foundational man was love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. They're also loyal, humble, patient, empathetic, and they have vision. So we went through all of those, okay? Now, if you want to go deeper into it, I urge you to listen to the second episode of the Foundational Man series. We dive deep and we break it down. I mean, we break it down. We went way beyond the surface level, (laughs) all right? So here we are in part three. Now that we've established all of this with the foundational man, how we're molded, what he looks like. Now we're to the part with mentorship, fatherhood, being a husband. What does that look like? What is he supposed to be doing with his skill set? How does he think? How does he see the world? How does he respond to all of these situations? How does he treat others in the face of adversity? How does he treat others when everything is fine? 
you know, we're going to talk about all these different things and we're going to get an idea on what it looks like. I'll start with this. As a foundational man, you have to lead by example. And that's easy to do. As a foundational man, you don't have to pump your chest. You don't have to tell people how great you are. You don't have to tell people what a team player you are. You don't have to tell people how confident you are. You don't have to tell people anything. They will see it. They will see it and they will feel it. They will have that. They will feel the impact just by you being you. Nothing has to be said. The way you don't panic when things are chaotic, the way you're able to keep cool and find that area where you can find a place to think and think things through and make a plan. You're able to think on the spot. You're able to sit back and dive deeper. You have the vision. You have the end game at hand. People will see that. They see how you speak to people even when you're frustrated. They see how you handle frustrations. They see how you uh, you care and you're compassionate about others, how you treat people with kindness. They see all of these things. They see how you're always at peace. That's a big one. I have a friend of mine, my brother Nate. He is an educator. And we have gone through some tough two years in the field of education. Things were turned upside down in a matter of, of weeks. We didn't know what was going to happen. We didn't know what to do, but we knew that things weren't going to be, be the same. So some of us were able to ex accept that, and some of us did not do so well with that. And some of us are still struggling with that. However, people would always question, Nate, why are you at peace? Nate, how come you're not flustered? How come you're not complaining? Can't you see? How come you're so calm about this? How come you just accept all this extra responsibility and all these changes without complaint? You're smiling. You don't ever seem worried about anything. But see, Nate is a foundational man, and his, his foundation is rooted in Christ. And we found out with all these characteristics that we just talked about, they all come from Christ. They don't come from us naturally. So when you find a, a, a man with all of these qualities, that is a special, special man. That's not just a regular man. That's not just a, a, a run-of-the-mill man. That man is a, that man is a 10, a 10 plus but we have devalued him for some reason because, you know, if he's at peace with that, he must be a yes man. He must be really weak because he doesn't have a backbone because he's not complaining and yelling and shouting and puffing his chest at he, how he's going to change things and take over the administration and, and be the head of this chaos. No, that's viewed as weak now. But I'm telling you, his peace comes from a peace that's greater than all of us. As a foundational man, we cannot afford to play the bench. We cannot be the bench warmers any longer. We have to be in the starting rotation. Yeah, there might be times where 
you get weak and you have to come out for a rest, that's fine. But just know that the second in line, the sixth man, the sixth man, as they say in basketball, is coming off the bench and he's just as good. So you can get your rest. You don't have to worry. The men that should be playing the bench are the men that are not foundational men. They shouldn't even be on the court. I'm telling you, unless they're, they are our opponent. <laughs> but they shouldn't be even be on the court because they're not ready to tackle the adversity that we are about to face or have been facing. The only people that should be on the bench are, are new men that are new to this foundation, that are still building their foundation. It's not as quite, it's not quite as rock solid as it should be, but they're learning and they're willing. They're willing to take the bumps and bruises and they're and they're building. They're building by being around other foundational men, being mentored by them. Those should be a those guys should be on the bench. But you, you, you men out there that are, that are foundational men that have been in the game, maybe you're a little tired. Maybe you said, I'm, I'm fine sitting on the bench because I feel like I'm getting nowhere. No, it's not time to sit on the bench. Know that you are needed and you are necessary. And so you better get out there and get on that court, and when it's your time, you better hit that game-winning shot. I'll tell you this. Forget making the shot. You just better shoot that shot and not buckle it out of fear and say, you know what, I'm, I'm afraid that if I shoot it, I might miss it. Who cares? Shoot the shot. That's where we're at right now. We can't sit the bench anymore. So we lead by example. You don't have to be proud, like arrogant. You don't have to say how great you are. We already know you're great. But I'll tell you one thing. One thing that we have to do as men, we have to lift each other up way more often. We have to. We have to sit there and be cheerleaders for each other because this road is tough and this road has gotten ridiculously tough for no reason every day you feel like your best isn't good enough every day you feel like you're gonna fall short every day you feel like the parameters for what it is to be a man is changing every day you're you're going with the flow that's what it feels like and you can get wrapped up in that mess if your foundation isn't strong enough but if your foundation is strong enough you you can navigate through all the madness and come out unscathed because you already know what it takes. When you are at the forefront, when you are leading, you have to lead with confidence and patience. Why? Why are you able to do that? Well, you're able to lead with confidence and patience because you have the vision. And where does the vision come from? The vision comes from God. And when you're following God's vision, you're going to be okay. You can be confident that he's leading you on the right path. You can be confident that he's going to give you a way out. 
you can be confident that even if you don't have the tools that you think you need, he will provide. Maybe not through you, but maybe another foundational man that it will be strengthened in that and where you are weak. You have to be confident. You have to be confident enough to be obedient. You guys hear what I'm saying? You have to be confident enough to be obedient. I know one thing that's hard for a man is this. We like to see the big picture. We like to see the end game. And sometimes when we don't have that clear vision, sometimes when we're not able to connect all the dots, we get discouraged. And so we think that we have to fill them in. And we think that we have to do it our way to ensure that things will go correctly. But that's not always the case. Sometimes that is exactly what the enemy wants you to do so you can fall off your path and be led astray. So we have to be obedient to move forward on the path that we're, that has been laid out for us. We have to trust God's vision. And God sees things that we aren't going to see, but we have to be obedient and trust. God told Abraham to leave. He didn't ask for everything all in the middle. He was just obedient. He was confident enough to be obedient. And guess what? He was patient enough to keep walking. I know it can get frustrating walking into the unknown. But I'm going to tell you this much what I've learned. I've learned that walking into the unknown, doing it my way, has always led to more frustration. But when I walk into the unknown and I put God first, I'm telling you, it's easy peasy. Easy peasy, <laughs> you know? <laughs> yeah. Will I face adversity? Of course, we all will. However, that's an easier pill to swallow when you know that you are guided by God's word when he's directing your path. I'll tell you like this. When I'm coaching when I'm coaching football I'll tell you like this. When I'm coaching anyone as a health and wellness coach, as a football coach, as an educator, as a father, when I'm coaching someone I always let them know, what do I have to gain by leading you down the wrong path? There's nothing for me to gain. Why would I do that? Why would I intentionally guide you down the wrong path? That makes no sense to me. I know there is a possibility that people will do that. I know it's probably happened before in the past that you've been burned. But that's not what we're all about here. And there is no sense in that to me. And I know a lot of people feel that same way. So we have to lead with confidence and patience because we have the vision. As a foundational man, once again, 
some of the qualities of a foundational man. Love. Love is a debt that could never be paid in full, so you have to love all the time. Love all the time. Joy. You know, we gave the example of what joy really looks like, and that's a woman during childbirth. She is going through the most unbearable pain that anyone will ever feel. But the moment that she hears the cries of her child, that pain goes away and her eyes are filled with tears of joy and she's crying and laughing at the same time as she holds her baby, just joyful, joyful of the new life. Knowing that all the pain and the suffering that she was going through was worth it, well worth it. All that stuff is in the past immediately. It's immediate. It's true joy. Peace. This is a big one. Everybody's searching for peace. And it says here, Isaiah 48, 22, there is no peace, says the Lord, for the wicked. But then he goes on to say in John 14, 27, peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. My peace as in God's peace. I don't give it to you as the world gives. Not like we do. It's different. Do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid. God's peace is beyond our peace. So when we when we give our lives to God, God gives us his peace. It's available to us. And he didn't even have to do that. But he gifted us his peace so that we could live without fear. Mm. Long-suffering. With long-suffering, these qualities are not given naturally, only through the Spirit of God. Your ability to endure. Kindness. Kindness, that's a, that's another one. Another one that everybody's talking about right now. Everybody needs to be kind. Everybody needs to treat each other with kindness and then turn around and stab someone right in the back or turn around and say something so nasty to someone. Kindness. Mm. Nehemiah 9.17, they refused to obey and they were not mindful of your wonders, your, God's wonders that you did among them. But they hardened their necks and in their rebellion, they appointed a leader to return to their bondage. But you are God, ready to pardon, gracious and merciful, slow to anger, abundant in kindness and did not forsake them. Remember, we talked about that. We talked about what was going on right there. And if you want to know in detail, go back and listen to the second series. But that is a, a, a level of kindness that only comes through God. We, get, we have that available to us through the Holy Spirit. Faithfulness. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You establish the earth and it abides. Psalm 
119.90. God's faithfulness endures and is unfailing. Gentleness, Second Samuel 22.36. You also, you have also given me the shield of your salvation. Your gentleness has made me great. And self-control. Self-control. We went over these qualities over and over and over and over. So what am I talking about? Why are these so important? Because through these qualities, you're able to lead by example. You're able to lead with confidence and patience because of that vision. These qualities help you stay on the path, stay on the path and keep your, it keeps your vision clear. It puts you in a position to lead with authority and grace because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. A lot of times we, what happens when we have some sort of power and we're basing it off of pride and arrogance, we act like we deserve that, that no one else was fit fit for the leadership position or for this power except for you. You're the only one that knows what to do with it. You're the only one with the vision, right? And we get so full of ourselves. What happens? We usually tumble. Why? Because our own people that we're leading turns against us. Why? Because you don't care about anything that's going on with them. It's all about you and how you look and what you can get from this. It's rarely an outside source that turns against you, that tricks you or deceives you. When you're in a position of power, it's usually from the inside out when things start to crumble. So when you lead with authority... And when you lead with grace, the opposite happens. Because this grace comes from God. It's not from you. So once again, this is why a foundational man is the most powerful man that you will encounter. These, these men are looking, looking at the big picture and they have answers to some of these questions that you've been longing for longing to hear these answers to that you've been searching for all these years these men have a way out they can show you you know we have so many women out here you ask them right now what do you want in a man they'll sit there you'll see them fumbling in their minds rolling their eyes looking up laughing and and saying stuff, just trying to talk to fill the time because they're thinking, man, what do I want? I think I know what I want, but if I say it out loud, I know it's not really what I'm supposed to be looking for, but let me just go ahead and try to think of something. I mean, you just see it all the time. Rarely will you find someone in these days that says, hey, this is what I want in a man. This is what I'm seeking. This is what I've been praying for. Or if they do say something, it's, oh, he has to be rich. I want him to have money so he can take care of me. And I'm not coming down 
I know, I know how this world works. I know that people are going to say, well, that's not right. Not all women are like that. Well, duh. You know why I know that? Because my wife isn't like that. So I don't want to get into all the semantics of this stuff, but I need you to hear me out. And I need you to hear another perspective on this. Because ultimately what I'm trying to do is give some insight on why you might be roadblocked, but also not just give you the insight on why you might be roadblocked, but I'm giving you a blueprint on how to get out of it. Why? Because I'm giving you the qualities of a foundational man, which I know all women desire. But they just might not know what they're looking at. Why? Because just as men are being attacked by social media, you think women aren't either? You think women ain't seeing photos of other women saying, you should look like this, you should do this? Oh, if you want to be popular, you need to do all of this stuff. You need to dress like that. You need to say these things. You think that my young daughter isn't being influenced by what she sees on TV, on cartoons? So I get it. I get it. You think I'm not going to give my daughter this same information? See, that's how you know I'm telling the truth. (laughs) I'm going to tell my daughter this same stuff. I'm speaking it to her. I'm showing her. I'm modeling it every day. Every chance I get, I'm showing her what a foundational man should look like. So when she gets older and she starts to say, Dad, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to start dating. I'm ready to get out there. She already knows what to look for. Why? Because I have told her, I have taught her, and I have shown her. Once again, it goes back to what do I have to gain to sit here and lie about this stuff? See, I don't want her to get to the point where she's believing all of this stuff out in the social media all this madness out here in the world. I don't want her believing that, but what I want her to believe is that her dad is telling her the truth, that her dad has modeled the truth. Her dad has stayed in this word of God and has modeled this as best as he could. Why? Because I want her to bring home a foundational man. Why? Because I know that foundational man is going to treat her with the utmost respect that a foundational man is going to provide for her. That foundational man is going to do the same for his children. See, that's a headache that I don't have to have as a father if I teach her how to get it right. I don't have time to have her out there guessing and trying to figure it out on her own. Why would I do that when I have the answers right here? So yeah, you best believe I'm speaking this into my five-year-old. Now, my language is different and my delivery is different because she's five. And you best believe I'm speaking the same thing into my sons. You think I'm not telling them what a foundational woman looks like? You think I'm not saying the same things to them? You think I'm not telling them about being deceived on what they see on the internet? That you, if you choose to go on the internet, you're navigating a fake world? 
<laughs> you'll be hard pressed to find something uh, legitimate, find something that's real. And I'm talking about even real conversations. That's why I said something, real conversations, real and accurate uh, introductions to themselves. Real photos, real locations where they took the photos. That's why I said something. You would be hard pressed to find anything that's real. So you think I'm not having these conversations with them as well? Come on, man. I don't have time to fake. Why? Because I understand that this, this subject, this topic, this this foundational man series it impacts not only my family but everyone around me and i honestly can say this i don't want anyone to have to go through dating after dating, after dating, after a bad relationship, after bad relationship. I don't want anyone to have to go through that because I know the damage that it does on both sides, even if you are at fault. But I understand what it does, and I don't like it. So that's why we have this series. So you have to lead with authority. You have to lead with grace. And you are able to do that because you're filled with the Holy Spirit. Then it comes to communication. Communication is a big one. Men, we have to be able to not only communicate with our, our peers, our colleagues, but we have to be able to communicate with our families in an effective manner. We have to be able to communicate with each other. You, you have to be able to communicate effectively with your wife, your children, every, everything. You have to be prepared for that. You know, a lot of times because we think that we are the authority, that it's whatever I says goes. Whatever I say it goes. Because I said so. Just do what I said. Nope, nope, you don't get a chance to speak at all. It's all about me. How far do you think that's going to go? And even worse, when you are asked the question of communication, are you a good communicator? You're going to have the nerve to say, yes, you are. Well, I tell them how I feel. I tell them what's on my mind. Really? Communication is a two-way street. It's not just you barking out orders. That's not communication. And some of us men have gotten that tripped up. We think that's real communication. Or we, we, we think that I don't want to talk about it. Well, I told you I'm angry. Leave me alone. We think that's good enough. Or we use the excuse, well, I, you know what? I've never had to communicate. I'm just not used to it. It's uncomfortable. I'm telling you, man, I'm telling you, <laughs> I am not hating on anyone. I'm just saying the real truth. Why? Because I've done the same things. 
I don't know. I must be talking some real truth because this storm is brewing. I don't know if you can hear it in the background, but <laughs> it's coming in hard. So it's thundering and lightning and the rain is hitting hard on the house. So I must be saying some uh, hard truth here. This might be a, a, a sign for me to stop, but I ain't going to stop. You know why? Because I'm that stubborn. I'm that stubborn. I'm not going to stop. But men, we have to get to the point where we got to stop using these excuses of why we don't communicate. Enough with them. It is what it is. Get over yourself. If you've been with your wife for years and you still can't communicate, shame on you. If you're still holding on to the, well, I've never had to do it before. Well, you've had 10 years to get it right. You've had 10 years to to try this thing. To try to be vulnerable, to, to try to say how you feel. To discuss anything that's beyond the surface level. If you've been with this woman for 10 years and you say that you love her and you trust her, then that excuse needs to go out the window. Well, it's just how I was raised. So what? You're a grown man now. So we have to stop making excuses because here's why. The way you communicate with your wife and with your children makes the difference in everything. It truly does. And I'll give you an example. You see, when you are able to talk to your children about why you were upset, when you're able to make it make sense for them and have that communication with them, you see it paints a different picture for them. They're not getting orders barked at them. Now you can have a communication and now they feel comfortable to tell their side of the story or where they were coming from. And now it's a teaching moment. Now they know that, hey, you know what? I messed up, but dad is, he cares enough to talk to me and and, and teach me. And I'm not saying that sometimes love doesn't look like, hey, <laughs> I'm a, I need to get in your grill. Because there are times where I have to do that. All men will have to do that. And I know that a lot of men, when the kids start going after mom and being a little disrespectful, I know that inner tiger, that inner lion is going to come out. And you have to knock that down right away. Like that will not be tolerated. But that's still showing discipline. That's still setting the boundaries. That's still letting them know I love you, but you will not cross this boundary. That's that's showing a little authority and grace at the same time, right? (laughs) Grace because you could have unleashed on them. But you let them feel the manpower just a little bit, (laughs) you know, so they know who's still the head of the household. But when you're able to communicate in that fashion, your children become more trusting. Your children will will speak to you about what's going on in their life. When you are able to communicate like this with your wife, you won't have those knockdown, down drag-down fights. 
that'll that'll be eliminated. Why? Because you're able to openly communicate to each other. We have to stop making this excuse. Well, I'm a I'm a man and I'm not supposed to do this. No, that's not true. That is not true. Which leads to showing emotions. Showing emotions is man stuff. It is. I, I, I've i said it before, I think. I can't remember which episode, but I've talked about this. I have cried more <laughs> in the last three, four years than I have ever in my life. And it's over the smallest, silliest things. It's crazy. I, I crack up. I'm crying at commercials. I'm crying over sports. I'm crying over sad stories. I, I I cried reading a note that my son wrote to his youngest sister. You know, I cried to my wife. I cried in front of my friend. You know, we were we were just talking. I think it was after a men's breakfast. We were just talking outside in the parking lot. And we were talking about just doing for others, serving others. And I got to talking about it. And I thought about all the years that I've spent serving other people. And how I don't mind doing it. How I love doing it. How I enjoy doing that. I, I That is a sacrifice that I'm always willing to make. But sometimes you get to the point where you think all of this stuff is in vain. But then you start to realize that this is this is something special. And I broke down crying because in that moment, once again, I was realizing just how God good, how God good. I started to realize just how good God is. How he always had my path directed. And this path was. My path was a long road and it didn't have to be that long of a road because I started trying to do my own thing because I didn't think he knew any better. We have a tendency to get in our own way. That's just what we do. I guess I shouldn't say we because some people don't do it as much as myself. But that's a big issue for me, getting in my own way. And I have to make a commitment to stop doing that. I have to understand that I don't know everything, which I know I don't know everything. Sometimes I just think that, you know, I got this. Sometimes I think so weird. I don't want to be a burden, so I'll, I'll, I'll do it all on my own. Which is not the right way to go. But when you are a foundational man, we've talked about it, you have an understanding of your vision and your purpose. Everybody's vision is going to be a little differently, but it's all going to be guided by God. Your purpose is guided by God. Everybody's purpose is going to be different. Everybody's going to serve a different purpose, but in essence, it's all the same because we're all serving the purpose of God. And that's what you do as a foundational man, and that's what makes him so special. I would take a team of 10 foundational men 
against a thousand men that are outside of that. Not a hundred. I'll go against a thousand with ten foundational men. And guess what? I'm not worried about losing. I'm not worried about failing. How could I? How could I? I got some of the strongest men on earth next to me. I know I don't have to be the strongest all the time. I'll say it like this. I know that our weakest is always going to be stronger than their strongest. So I'm good with that. When you have clear vision, your purpose is clear as well. Your purpose gives you that motivation, that hope, that desire to to keep going on that path. It's like running for a touchdown. You use your vision to navigate through the opponents. And with all those mighty men on the field with you, they're doing their job, they're on their path, You're following your path through their path. But your eyes are always on that end goal. And your purpose is to keep moving forward. Your purpose is to get through these obstacles. Your purpose is to face these adversities. Your purpose to serve these men that are on the field with you. Your purpose is greater than yourself. See, you see, the ultimate purpose in life is to serve. <laughs> it's not that hard. It's not that hard to figure out. Your purpose in life, the ultimate purpose in life is to serve. And when you're serving others, that vision is clear. Now the trick comes to maintaining your vision and purpose. That's where things become a little hairy. So as a foundational man, we lead by example because we have the foundation. We lead with confidence and patience because we have the vision. We lead with authority and grace because we're filled with the Holy Spirit. We are able to communicate. And we don't live by these old ideas of This is just how I am. This is biology. This is physiology. You know what I mean? We don't live by that. This is just ingrained in my DNA that I don't communicate. That's hogwash. We're not afraid to show our emotions or vulnerabilities. We understand our vision and our purpose, and now we're into maintaining your vision and your purpose. You maintain your vision and your purpose through prayer, through reading, the Bible, and through being around other men that are foundational men. Then we have to practice that daily within our own household, being a foundational man. You get it right at home, you're going to get it right other places. I know that's what I've always told my kids. If you get it right at home, you're going to get it right everywhere else. So practice getting it right now. 
Get things right at home. Get those big things right. And it'll be easy anywhere else you go. I want to talk to you about what it means to be a father and raising your children and also what it means to be a husband. So starting with the father, being a father is the greatest title I've ever had. I love being a father. I'm a father five times over. But if you ask me, I'm a father a thousand times over. Thousands and thousands of times over. (laughs) I've uh, encountered a lot of different youths, young people, built a lot of foundational relationships with them, mentored them, taught them, coached them. And that's special to me. You say, it doesn't matter to me if they have a father in the home or if they don't have a father in the home. Why? Because for me in my household, I know that I can't be there with my children 24-7. But I am comforted when I know that they are in the presence of foundational men. That makes me happy. I know they are an extension of me. They are the eyes and ears for my children when I can't be there. So I want them to take on the fatherly role. I don't want them to look at my child as just a kid on the street or just another kid over at a sleepover. I want them to look at them as if they were their own in that moment. What would they do? How would you correct this? How are you going to keep them safe? You know what I mean? I have no problem with that. Some people get offended with that. Well, that's not your child. No, if I know this man is a foundational man, that is his child. When I'm not there, that's his child. And I'm okay with that. I know it's a weird concept because sometimes our pride gets in the way. Colossians 3.21 says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Ephesians 6.4 And you, fathers, do not provoke your children to wrath, but bring them up in the training and admonition of the Lord. Hebrews 12, 11, no discipline seems pleasant at the time, but painful. Later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteous and peace. I'm sorry, righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. What do these scriptures mean? Let's go back to Colossians. Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. Listen, when we are dealing with our children, It goes back to what we were saying. It's easy to be the authority because I said so. You don't have a voice. Uh, you, you're you not a man, so you can't talk to me. You can't talk about your feelings. I won't let you do that because I'm the authority. You need to just do what I say and feel my wrath and da-da-da-da-da. You know, 
if you constantly dish that out to your children, what do you think they're going to do? You think they're going to listen to you? You think that they'll listen to it for a little bit, but then sooner or later, they're going to start to tone you out. And they're going to say, blah, 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 blah. And then you're going to get this attitude. I'm going to do whatever I want to do because even when I do what he thinks I should be doing, I still come up short and I'm still getting yelled at. I'm still getting in trouble. So I might as well do it my way because I'm going to get in trouble either way and I'm a rebel. You know, you have to bring them up in the training through discipline. It goes back to Ephesians. When you aren't withholding discipline from your children, you are giving them a, a, a good thing. I know some people are scared of that word, discipline. Well, I don't want to do that. Or people look at discipline in the wrong fashion. They think that means beat the brakes off of your kids for some reason. It's not what that is. Well, this kid needs to get beat. And then that'll change him. Really? I've gotten plenty of whoopings in my life. We talked about it in the last one. I've gotten plenty of whoopings in my life. And not once did that say, man, I'm going to change my behavior. No, it did for a little bit. But see, if I wasn't taught to do something differently, if I wasn't given the the time to communicate what I was thinking when I made that mistake, if I wasn't given a way out of that mistake, if I wasn't educated on how to get out of that or what I should have done, I'm not going to change. No whooping is going to change that. That's temporary. That's just building fear and rebellion. It is tough to discipline. Sometimes you feel bad. That's why a lot of parents refuse to do it. Because they feel bad. They don't want to see their children suffering by their hand. But that's not suffering. That's that's correction. That's guidance. That's letting them know that there's consequences to your actions. And I, and I hate that word too now. Consequences, consequences. That's what you hear all the time in education. What are the consequences? What? That, that's not what I would have done. Whatever. A consequence doesn't always have to be, once again, crime and punishment. It doesn't have to be you'd mess up in school and you're automatically suspended for three days and blah, 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 blah. A consequence could be a teaching moment. A consequence could be you showing a little grace. But we have to understand that our little children are people. They have feelings. They have thoughts. And we have to be aware of that, and we have to treat them as such. There's a difference between authoritarian and authoritative. And we are used to the authoritarian way of leading the dictator, what I say goes. It doesn't matter what you think I'm going to, you're going to do what I want you to do. That's what we've come to. And I'm telling you, that's not the right thing. That's not right. 
authoritative. You have strong boundaries, but you have flexibility. You're adaptable. Doesn't mean that you're weak. Doesn't mean that you're soft. It means that you can understand the situation and know when to go hard or to pull back. And it's been clinically proven through studies that that is parents that are authoritative have the most success with their children. Why? Because they're giving their children a voice while still maintaining strict boundaries. Finding that balance. And here it is. How husbands should treat their wives. This is what's going to cause a lot of problems here. And it has for for years, and I, I don't care. Here it is. 1 Peter 3, 7. Husbands likewise dwell with them with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers may not be hindered. So I know a lot of people hear that, oh, the weaker vessel. That's just saying physically. Physically. Biologically, men are naturally going to be stronger than women. In the physical sense. But look at the the key words it's saying here. Dwell with them in understanding, with understanding and giving honor to the wife honor you know what it is to honor someone is to put someone on a, above you to honor them as the authority in the household the head of the household you are to honor your wife it says here how you're supposed to treat your children it didn't say hey whatever you say goes It says, don't provoke your children, right? (laughs) Earlier, we we dove into Colossians, and you thought I was going to gloss over it because we were in Colossians 3.21, but I'm going for it right now. And I'm telling you, 18 is where a lot of people are using and fights and they have a problem with it because of one word in here. And I'm going to try to break this down. I don't know if I have enough time. I'm going to make some time, but I'm going to break this down because this is what's going on in the world. And I'm just going to talk about it. But Colossians 18, 3, 18 through 20, verse 18, wives submit yourselves to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. And then verse 20, children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. So we're going to go back to 18, which gives people the fits, gives people the blues, drives people crazy into anger. Wives, submit yourselves to your husband. That word submit. Well, I ain't submitting nothing. I ain't gonna play second fiddle. What? So he can I can just be his slave and he can do whatever he wants and I have to just put up with it. 
Now, there is a reason why I saved this for last. Because I want you to think for yourself. This is men and women that are listening. I want you to think for yourself right now. We have gone over the characteristics of a foundational man. I'm just going to read through them one more time. What the characteristics are, the qualities. Some of these qualities, what are they? Love. Man, we talked about how powerful love is. Love is the greatest of all, right? We talked about joy. Who doesn't love having joy in their lives? Peace. Everybody wants peace. Long-suffering. This man has been through some things and he has made it through. He is an overcomer. He knows what it's like to be at the bottom. He knows what it's like to be counted out. He knows what it's like to feel like you are oppressed with so many different things and by other people. He knows that feeling. Kindness. He knows how to share kindness even when he's feeling down and out. Even when he's filled with anger and rage. Goodness. Has a good heart. Always seeking the good in people. Always seeking to do good and do right by people. Faithfulness. Faithfulness. He knows where his heart is at and he's getting back to that. He knows where he wants to be. He knows he's coming back home. And while he's out, he knows he's 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 all for you. Gentleness. He knows when he is communicating with you, he has to be in a gentle mind state. He's not thinking about wrath. He's not thinking about all these different things. He's thinking about being gentle, self-control. He has enough self-control to be gentle in these conversations. He's humble. He's patient. He's empathetic. He has vision. He's loyal. Now, I want you to think. Would you not want to submit to a man like that? Would you really be afraid to submit to a man that is living his life like that? You see, that's the problem. When we think of submission, we think of, you know, wrestling or fighting, getting tapped out. You get submitted, you're done. You're in an unfavorable position and you have to tap out and then you're done with it. No, that is not what this is saying. It's just saying, hey, recognize that this man is at the head. And then it turns right around and says, husbands, love your wives and don't be harsh with them. What is this saying? Then in in 1 Peter, it says to honor your wives. So don't you think that a man, if you submit to him, (laughs) that a man is going to put you and their kids and your wants and your needs before his own? Don't you think that type of man is going to make sure that you're taken care of in every which way, mentally, physically, spiritually? Don't you think that he's going to desire that for you? Don't you think that he's going to graciously give everything he has for you? Don't you think that he's going to ask you questions? Get your perspective on things? Don't you think he's going to seek counsel with you, from you? Because he knows he's with an intelligent, thoughtful, empathetic wife. 
You see, you guys got you guys picked out one word and you're thinking that it means that you're you're nothing. That's not what it means. It means just having an understanding of where he's at in this household. And if you do that, that means you're showing respect to him as a man. You know that he is a foundational man and he is going to provide everything that you ever wanted and desired and then some. You know that. So you have no problem. You should have no problem understanding where he's at in the household. But that's where we come into this issue. It's a fight. Well, no, I don't want to submit. I shouldn't have. I should be equal. It's not about. It, that's not what this is saying. It's not saying that you're less than. It's saying this point blank. If a man is doing what he's supposed to do and he's a foundational man, there is nothing that you're going to want for. There is nothing because he knows you. He knows what may, what you like. He knows what you don't like. He knows how to sp speak to you. He knows how you like to be spoken to. He knows all of these things. And guess what? He's going to willingly cater to that. He's going to respect you because he knows what you're doing to take care of the household and to take care of him. He knows. He knows the sacrifices that you're making for him. And you know the sacrifices that he's making for you. He knows that he's putting his wants and his desires behind so you and the kids can have what you want and desire before he does. Prime example, I know that I have my Mustang that I want to spend a lot of money on to redo it, to remodel it and revamp it and make it exactly how I want it to be. And I talk about all these dreams and all these things that I would like to do. But my wife and my family, my kids know good and well that that means when I have that car done, that they have everything in abundance. They have more than everything that they have ever wanted or desired or needed. Why? Because their needs become come before mine. Why? Because I have good kids and I have a great wife. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I want to do that. That is what I live for. I want to do that. Guess what? Because I am that way, my wife comes home and she's dead tired, but she cooks a meal for me. Why? Because she has joy in watching me eat, preparing this meal for me. Why? Because she knows when I'm nourished and I honor her by making that sacrifice because I know she's tired and I enjoy this meal with her. It's twofold. She knows that I'm going to go out there and work my tail off to make her dreams come true as well. <laughs> and in turn, I know that I'm going to come home and I ain't going to hear all this. Well, you're coming up short. You're not a man because you're not where you said you'd be and da-da-da-da-da. A lot of women have been overlooking these foundational men, looking at them as weak. And then they find themselves in these relationships with these men that they think are, are high-quality, high-powered men because they have one or two things. And then you get to the point where you say, I don't want to be submissive because you were submissive to the wrong guy. You were submissive to a guy that has the mentality. I'm going to take, 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 take what I want. Or maybe you went into the relationship thinking about me, 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 me. And then finally he caught on. And he's like, no, it goes both ways. But all I'm saying is what's happening is that 
people are getting into these relationships and submitting to the wrong people. If you submit to a foundational man, I promise you, I don't even have to promise you. Just I know that it's going to be different for you. I know you're going to willingly want to do that. And your man is going to willingly in turn want to provide everything and more for you. You don't even have to ask him. It's not even a question. That's automatic. He's going to want to see you happy. So we got to stop looking at this submissiveness in the wrong in the wrong light. That's not what that means. It doesn't mean you're nothing in the household. But that's what happens when you cherry pick things. You get this madness. And now you got people stumbling in and out of these relationships and wondering why they keep failing. Because you have overlooked the foundational men. It's time for us to stop overlooking these foundational men out there. And we have to really look at these qualities and understand the strength and the power that uh, they provide. We need to start uplifting these foundational men and putting them at the forefront of this battle with our young men, with our young daughters, with our women, with other men. They have to be at the forefront of this. You know, some of this stuff is our own fault because we're looking at the wrong qualities. We're comparing each other on the wrong standard. And then we're putting the wrong people at the head of this fight. It's why we have a lot of chaos with our young men. It's why we have uh, a lot of dissension within our communities. There's been a lot of issues with relationships. I know I have gone long with this one, but it was necessary. Had a lot of information to cover, and I'm uh, I'm, I'm glad that I did because there was no way I was going to condense this, and there was no way I was going to avoid some of these topics because it's necessary. If I'm going to try to give you a way out, I have to give you the full picture. I have to give you the full story. I have to give you all the information so you can utilize it the best way you know how and apply it to your life in the best way possible. But I thank you all for continuing to be uh, listeners to the Site Beyond Site podcast and continue continuing to join us in this uh, in this fight for the foundational men. And I want to let you know that this this series is going to it's going to get deeper and deeper and deeper. It's going to continue longer than I thought. I thought it was going to be a three-part series, but it's looking like a four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, maybe a 10-part series like the Fast and Furious. <laughs> maybe I'll make 10, 10 episodes of it. I don't know, but we're going to keep going until we're finished saying what we have to say. But with that being said, I thank you. Remember that we are in the business of healing. And not hurting. And remember to be the fresh water that heals in a salty environment. Until we meet again, my friends. <laughs>